Après ces 30 ans. So, good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone on Zoom. Uh, the title of this talk. Let's wait for the siren to go. The title of this talk is uh, Practicing with Disappointment. Um, in the book I'm writing on the precepts, I've finished the first draft of it and I've been looking around for suitable quotes to begin each chapter. So I was looking at the Buddha and Shakespeare and other writers and so on. And then it dawned on me that um, maybe uh, I could use some of the quotes from my own teacher, Charlotte Joko Beck, and, um, and found, not to my surprise, um, that there were some really wonderful quotes which illustrated um, some of the chapters. And this is one of hers. <clears throat> when we refuse to work with our disappointment, we break the precepts. Rather than experience a disappointment, we resort to anger, greed, gossip and criticism. <clears throat> Yet it is the moment of being that disappointment which is fruitful. And if we are not willing to do that, at least we should uh, notice that we're not willing. The moment of disappointment in life is an incomparable gift that we receive many times a day if we are alert. This gift is always present in anyone's life, that moment when it is not the way I want it. And in another quote she says, practice has to be a process of endless disappointment. We have to see that everything we demand eventually disappoints us. This discovery is our great teacher. Um, how true. When we reflect, sometimes we have big disappointments in our life, you know, like maybe um, maybe our career didn't go in the direction it wanted to or something like that. Um, or our relationships didn't work out the way we wanted them to be. But disappointment, they're the larger things. Disappointment also happens on a, a minor scale every day. Um, things don't work. Um, you become disappointed in the behaviours of other people or you become disappointed in yourself. You become disappointed in your own performance of doing something. How many times have we gone through sitting and been disappointed that we can't keep our attention in the present moment or in session? Mm -hmm. Or it's part and parcel of doing things too. Like for instance with me, um, uh, playing the flute, you know, you you constantly have feelings of disappointment that you didn't play something with the best tone or you played the wrong note or whatever. And it's just the process you go through as, as part of, of life. But the nature of working with the precepts, like not to harbour anger or not to criticise or whatever, is not just a matter of moralising you know, just to say we shouldn't do it. it it's, a, it's a process of actually working with your emotions all the time. And behind anger, criticism, gossip, those type of harmful behaviours, as Joko was saying, if you, if you pay attention to the very, very first experience you have before it goes off in all those other different directions. 
you'll often find there's a more vulnerable feeling behind it. And disappointment or sadness that goes with disappointment is one of those more vulnerable feelings. The others are fear. Often we fear something and we're straight into anger or gossip or whatever. And the other one is shame. And we feel shamed about something. It goes off in that direction. So our practice is not just about moralising. It's about understanding and being very mindful and present in a non-judgmental kind of way to the actual first experiences we have towards something. And disappointment can be the immediate experience, but it can be so rapidly followed by a reaction that we miss it. And as Joko was saying, the more we can stay with that experience, the better. A lot of Zen training is about um, awakening experiences, insight experiences into seeing life just as it is. And a lot of beautiful poetry about the, the empty oneness of someone just seeing nature as it is, like a sunset or a flower or a garden or a child's smile or something like that as something which triggered off their sense of wonder and joy at life as it is. And that's fine. But one of the gifts that um, Joko brought to this practice is that that's all very fine, but how, how, how actually pervasive, how bright, how broad, how deep is that sort of acceptance of life just as it is in our everyday lives. It's easy to look at a tree or at nature or look over the ocean and just accept it what it is because there's not much there to disappoint you. Mm. Right? But what disappoints us is our own expectations of life and our own expectations of other people, often. And unless our practice becomes a more complete acceptance of life just as it is, and at the moment not just the pretty bits, uh, then it's not, um, it's not complete. And that was her um, great gift, as I said, that she brought to Zen practice. As many people like myself um, had been through years of practice, had inside experiences, had worked on koans, and yet, if we're honest with ourselves, our lives still weren't quite working too well because we, we hadn't addressed the emotional aspects of our, of our same life. And so that's what she brought into practice, is getting us to look at those emotional aspects of our life, the disappointment. Yeah. Uh, one of the... Um, one of the things I think is a practice that people hear about these days too, which I want to address, which um, I don't think is particularly helpful, but it's very widespread. And that is the practice about self-kindness or self-compassion and being kind to yourself when things happen to you. And um, uh, it's not a matter of being, it's not as though, the alternative to being kind with yourself is to be unkind. The alternative is just to be neutral and stay with the unpleasant experience that you're having. 
if you if you're just caught up in being kind to yourself because you're disappointed, it's like sprinkling sugar on a bitter bitter taste, you know, so you don't taste it anymore. The taste of disappointment is bitterness, right? And so what Joko is encouraging us to do is just turn up to the experience of bitterness and experience it for what it is. If you if you just sprinkle kindness on it, it's another way of avoiding the experience of pain. Um, in the reading we did on the uh, cocoon of pain, she outlines all the different ways in which we avoid actually experiencing painful experiences in our life. And another one that you could add to that is just trying to sprinkle kindness on every every painful experience that we have. Mm-hmm. It just covers it up. It doesn't mean we have to be judgmental. It just means that we can be neutral and just experience it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Neither do we... And that's also different from an experience of disappointment which we turn into a statement on a failure. To say that you're a failure is to add a narrative onto it. That's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is just staying mindful to the actual experience of disappointment. And if you just stay with it, you all know this from your own experience, if you just stay with something in a neutral, observing manner and don't try to avoid it, it's actually not that bad. You know? It's it's not it's not gonna kill you. You know, it's all the thinking and all the avoidance we put on top of it is the thing which creates all the suffering. Um, but if you're just there with any any emotional pain for long enough, just observe it, donate a story to it, positive or negative, um, usually dissolves or it softens in some kind of way. Um, but to not do that, you know, to keep on avoiding it just leads to more and more um, pain in our life and not actually learning from the experience. Um, he's a great teacher. Alternatively, one of the things that um, Joko also said, which is the kind of the, the counter to this, is joy is being willing for things to be as they are. Mm-hmm. So disappointment comes because we're not willing for things to be as they are. If we just accept life as it is, including the disappointments that come, then then there's an evening joy in accepting the disappointment as well as the actual events that might occur. So that's just part of the, the process of life. And if I go back to learning to play the flute or even writing a book, you know, there's experiences in that creative process where you do something you're disappointed or you read back over something and you're disappointed because you don't think it's clear enough or whatever, but that's okay. That's just all part of the process. And um, if you don't add a narrative on that it's a failure or whatever, but you just listen to it, you learn from the experience and then maybe you correct something or you add something to it. You practice more um, so that you've um, clarified some, something a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So practice is always coming back to 
but experiencing not just the external life as it is, you know, without distortion, but it's also psychological in the sense of experiencing our inner life and our inner reactions just as they are. You don't don't need to add anything else onto it. Don't need to add kindness on it, don't need to failure onto it, nothing. It just needs to be a non-judgmental, direct experience of it. And if you do that, if you if you trust that experience, you'll you'll realise that things kind of just dissolve uh, and they move forward, and you actually learn something from the disappointment. You know, it's teaching you something about your expectation that you've projected onto something. Thank you.